Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? Hello? This is another MCO and transmission. This is the Vimalakirti Nirdesha Sutra, the advice of the layman Vimalakirti, translated from the Chinese version of Kumara Jiva by M. C. Owens. Chapter 3 The Disciples At that time, the elder Vimalakirti thought to himself, I'm lying here sick in bed. Why does the world-honored one, in his great compassion, not show concern for me? The Buddha, aware of this thought, said to Shariputra, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Shariputra replied to the Buddha, saying, World-honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past when I was sitting in peaceful meditation under a tree in the forest. At that time Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Shariputra, you should not take this sort of sitting as peaceful sitting. Peaceful sitting means that in this threefold world you manifest neither body nor mind. This is peaceful sitting not rising out of samadhi of complete cessation, and yet showing yourself in the ceremonies of daily life. This is peaceful sitting. Not abandoning the way of the Dharma, yet showing yourself in common activities. This is peaceful sitting. The mind, not fixed on internal things, and yet not engaged with externals either. This is peaceful sitting unmoved by different views, yet practicing the thirty-seven aids to awakening. This is peaceful sitting. Entering nirvana, without having put an end to worldly desires. This is peaceful sitting. If you can sit like this, you will earn the Buddha's seal of approval. World Honored One When I heard Vimalakirti say these words, I stood silent unable to respond. For this reason, I cannot bear to inquire about his illness. The Buddha then said to Mahamadguyayana, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Madguyayana replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past I entered the great city of Vaishali and in its streets and lanes explained the Dharma for the lay believers. At that time Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Madguliyana, you should not explain the Dharma for the white-robed lay believers as the Venerable is explaining. One explaining the Dharma should explain like the Dharma. The Dharma is without sentient beings, for being free from the defilement of sentient beings. The Dharma is without an existent self, for being free from the defilement of the self. The Dharma is without lifespan, for being free from birth and death. The Dharma is without an existent individual, for having severed connection to past and future. 
The Dharma is in constant stillness for having extinguished all characteristics. The Dharma is free of characteristics for being without anything conditional. The Dharma is without names and letters for having severed all connection to speech and language. The Dharma is inexplicable for being free from conceptualization. The Dharma is without characteristics for being like empty space. The Dharma is without idle imaginations for being ultimately empty. The Dharma is without any mine for being free of the duality of me and mine. The Dharma is without differentiation for being free of all consciousness. The Dharma is without comparison for not having any characteristics to grab. The Dharma is not caused for not having any location or condition. The Dharma is that nature of dharmas for entering all dharmas. The Dharma conforms with thusness, for there is nothing else to conform to. The Dharma abides at the very limit of reality, for being unmoved by anything on the periphery. The Dharma is immovable, for not depending upon the six sense media. The Dharma is without any coming or going, for it never abides anywhere to begin with. The Dharma is in accord with emptiness, in accord with characteristiclessness, in accord with desirelessness. The Dharma is free from beauty and ugliness. The Dharma is without any increase or decrease. The Dharma is without arising and ceasing. The Dharma is without any destination. The Dharma transcends eyes, ears, the nose, tongue, body, and mind. The Dharma is without any high or low. The Dharma constantly abides, without moving. The Dharma is beyond the practice of all contemplation. Ah, Madhguryayana, the Dharma being characterized thus, how could it be explained? Explaining the Dharma means not explaining, not demonstrating. Listening to the Dharma means not listening, not grasping. It's like an illusionist creating the illusion of someone explaining the Dharma. It is with this understanding that you should explain the Dharma. You should understand the capacities of living beings, keen and dull, and cultivate virtuous insight free from all impediments, with a mind steeped in great compassion. Praise the great vehicle and remember the debt of gratitude you owe the Buddha, never allowing the three treasures to come to an end. Then you may explain the Dharma. When Vimalakirti explained the Dharma like this, 800 lay believers generated Anuttara Samyak Sambodhicitta. I do not have such eloquence as this world honored one for this reason. I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. The Buddha then said to Maha Kashyapya, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Kashyapa replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past, I was begging for alms food in a poor village. At that time, Vimalakirti approached 
and said to me, Ah, Maha Kashyapya, you have a mind of loving kindness and compassion, but you are unable to universally let go of poverty and wealth, and you beg out of poverty. Kashyapa, you should beg for alms food, abiding in the equanimity of the Dharma. There being no such thing as food, that is how you should beg for food. Destroying the characteristic of unified entities, this is how you should accept clumps of food. Not accepting anything, that is how you should accept food. Enter villages with the thought that they are empty villages. See all forms as though you were blind. Hear all sounds as though they were echoes. Smell all scents as if they were the wind. Taste all flavors as being undifferentiated. Feel all textures as realized knowledge. And think of all dharmas as illusory, without self-nature, without own nature, unarisen from the very beginning, and therefore without cessation. Kashyapa, if you are able to enter the eight liberations and not relinquish the eight errors, you enter the correct dharma through the characteristic of error. If, by one given meal, you can feed everyone and make offerings to all buddhas, sages, and worthy people, then you can eat. Eating like this is neither with defilement nor free of defilement. It neither enters a meditative state of mind nor arises out of a meditative state of mind. It abides neither in the world nor in nirvana. One who gives like this gains no great fortune nor little fortune, gains neither profit nor loss, thereby correctly entering the way of the Buddha, not relying on what has been heard. Kashyapa, eating like this, is not eating food that others give you in vain. World Honored One, when I heard Vimalakirti say these words, I gained what I had never heard before, and I was inspired with a profound respect for all the bodhisattvas. And I thought to myself, this householder possesses such eloquence and wisdom and can speak like this. Who could listen to him without generating Anuttara Samyaksam Bodhicitta? From then on, I ceased to urge others to follow the path of Shravakas and Pratekyabhuttas. For this reason, I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. The Buddha then said to Subhuti, you should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Subhuti replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past I went to his house to beg for alms food. At that time Vimalakirti took my begging bowl, filled it with things to eat, and said, Ah, Sabuti, if one is able to regard all food as equal, all dharmas as equal as well, one who regards all things as equal regards food the same way. Practicing begging like this, one can accept food. If, Sabuti, 
you do not sever sensual desire, anger, and ignorance, and are also not associated with them. Do not destroy the body, yet are in accord with the single characteristic. If you do not extinguish ignorance and longing, yet give rise to enlightenment and liberation. If you attain liberation by the characteristics of the five transgressions, yet are neither liberated nor bound. If you do not see the Four Noble Truths, yet do not not see the truth. If you do not attain fruits, yet do not not attain fruits, are neither common nor free from common things. If you are neither sagely nor not sagely, are accomplished in all dharma, yet free from the characteristic of all dharmas, then you can accept this food. If sabuti, without seeing the Buddha, nor hearing the Dharma, taking those six teachers of heterodox ways, Parana Kashapya, Maskari Goshali Putra, Sanjaya Varati Putra, Ajita Kesha Kambalin, Kakuda Katyayana, and Nigarantha Putra as your teachers, leaving home for them, and with those teachers defeat suffering, then you can accept this food. If Subhuti, you enter erroneous views and thus never reach the other shore. If you remain among the eight difficulties and never be without difficulty. If you identify with affliction and be free from all pure dharmas. If you attain the samadhi of non-contention and all sentient beings also attain this samadhi. And those donors who support you, if they do not name you their field of blessings, and those who make offerings to you if they fall into the three evil paths, and with a group of Maras you join hands and cooperate, and you and the Maras make all kinds of trouble for the world, becoming indistinguishable from Mara, if you bear resentment for all sentient beings, if you revile the Buddhas, denigrate the Dharma, and refrain from entering the Sangha, forever never attaining the liberation of cessation, if you are like this, then you can accept this food. World Honored One, when I heard Vimalakirti say these words, I was dumbfounded. What could I think or say? How could I reply? I put down the alms bowl, intending to leave the house. But Vimalakirti said to me, Ah, Sabuti, pick up your alms bowl and do not be afraid. Why? If the thus come one were to make an illusory person, and it were to reprimand you like this, would you be afraid? No, I replied. Vimalakirti said, All things are like illusions. You have no reason to be afraid. Why? Because all words and pronouncements too are no different than this characteristic of illusoriness. So the wise do not cling to words, and hence are not afraid of them. Why? Words are apart from self-nature. Words do not really exist. And this is liberation. The characteristic of liberation is then all things. When Vimalakirti explained the Dharma like this, Two hundred heavenly beings gained purified dharma eyes. For this reason, world-honored one, 
I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. Then the Buddha said to Purnamaitreyayaniputra, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Purna replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past I was inside a great forest at the foot of a tree explaining the Dharma for all the novice students. At that time, Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Purna, you should first enter into meditation and observe these people's minds, then explain the Dharma. One does not put rotten food in a precious vessel. You should know the thoughts of these bhikshus. One does not treat precious lapis lazuli as though it were mere glass. If you are unable to understand the basic capacities of living beings, do not encourage them with the dharma of the little vehicle. Do not inflict injury on those who are without wounds. If you want them to travel the great path, do not show them a little byway. Do not try to fit the vast ocean into the hoofprint of an ox. Do not regard the light of the sun as if it were a firefly's glimmer. Purna, these bhikshus generated minds of the great vehicle long ago, but they later forgot their original intentions. Why do you use the dharma of the little vehicle to teach and guide them? As I see it, the wisdom of the little vehicle is trite and shallow, like the understanding of a blind person. It is incapable of differentiating whether the capacities of living beings are keen or dull. Then Vimalakirti entered into Samadhi, revealing to the bhikshus their former lives. In the past, under five hundred buddhas they had planted the roots of virtue and transferred it all to Anuttara Samyaksambodhi. Then everything was clear, and they reattained that original intention. With that, the bhikshus bowed their heads at Vimalakirti's feet, then Vimalakirti explained the Dharma to them, causing them to never again regress from Anuttara Samyaksambodhi. And I thought to myself that a Shravaka should never explain the Dharma if they are unable to discern people's capacities. For this reason, world-honored one, I cannot bear to inquire about his illness. Then the Buddha said to Mahakatyayana, you should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Katyayana replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past the Buddha had given a summary explanation of the Dharma for the bhikshus, and later on I was elaborating on the meaning. The meaning of impermanence, the meaning of suffering, the meaning of emptiness, the meaning of selflessness, and the meaning of tranquil extinction. At that time, Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Katyayana! The true characteristic of the Dharma should be explained without thinking of arising and ceasing. Katyayana! All things 
ultimately neither arise nor cease. This is the meaning of impermanence. The five aggregates are thoroughly empty, nothing there that could emerge. This is the meaning of suffering. All things are completely without any inherent existence. This is the meaning of emptiness. By the self with no self, yet non-dual, this is the meaning of selflessness. Things have never been so to begin with, and hence never cease to be so. This is the meaning of tranquil extinction. When Vimalakirti explained this dharma, all those bhikshus attained liberation. For this reason, world-honored one, I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. Then the Buddha said to Aniruddha, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Aniruddha replied to the Buddha, saying, World-honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past, I was somewhere walking about when a Brahma king named Purely Adorned, along with ten thousand Brahma attendants, purely illuminated, all came to me, bowed their heads reverentially, and asked, How much, Anirudha, can you see with the divine eye? I answered them, saying, Gentlemen, I see this three thousand great thousand world system of Shakyamuni's Buddha land like I am observing a mango in the palm of my hand. At that time Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Aniruddha, that which is seen by the divine eye, is it by way of characteristics or not by characteristics? If it is by characteristics, then it's the same as the five powers of the heterodox paths. If it is not by way of characteristics, then it is unconditioned and should not be viewable. World-honored one, at that time I remained silent. Those Brahmas, hearing these words, gained what they had never heard before. Then they made obeisance and asked, In this world, who possesses the true divine eye? Vimalakirti replied, Only the Buddha, the world-honored one, attains the true divine eye, constantly in samadhi, seeing all Buddha lands, not by dualistic characteristics. Thereupon, the Brahma king purely adorned and his retinue of five hundred Brahma gods all generated Anuttara Samyaksambodhicitta. They bowed at Vimalakirti's feet and then suddenly vanished. For this reason, world-honored one, I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. Then the Buddha said to Upali, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Upali replied to the Buddha, saying, World-honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past, two bhikshus had violated the rules of conduct and were feeling ashamed of themselves, but they didn't dare ask the Buddha what to do. So they came to me 
and said, Ah, Upali, we have violated the precepts and are truly ashamed, but we dare not ask the Buddha what to do. Please, free us from our doubts and remorse, and tell us how we can be excused from blame. I was explaining to them how one goes about gaining liberation according to the Dharma, when Vimalakirti approached, and said to me, Ah, Upali, do not make the offense of these two bhikshus heavier than it is. You should go about wiping away their doubts and remorse at once and not disturb their minds further. Why? The nature of offense is not inside, nor is it outside, nor is it somewhere in between. As the Buddha has explained, because the mind is defiled, sentient beings are defiled. Because the mind is pure, sentient beings are pure. The mind is also neither inside, nor outside, nor somewhere in between. Just as your mind appears, transgression and defilement also appear. All things also appear, not coming from thusness. Like when Upali attains liberation by means of the characteristics of mind, does defilement remain? No, I said. Vimalakirti replied, The characteristics of all sentient beings are without defilement and are also like this. Ah, Upali, delusional thoughts are defilement. Thoughts that are not delusional are purity. Grasping at self is defilement. Not grasping at self is purity. Upali, the rising and ceasing of every dharma, does not abide, like illusions, like lightning. All things are not relative, not abiding even for a thought moment. All things are totally delusional, like dreams, like mirages, like the moon in the surface of water, like reflections in a mirror, and they arise from delusional thinking. One who knows this is called an upholder of the rules of conduct. One who knows this is called well-liberated. The two bhikshus said, Such superior wisdom! Upali cannot match this! There could be no better explanation of upholding the precepts. I then replied, saying, Except for the Tathagata, the thus come one, no Shravaka or even Bodhisattva has ever commanded such eloquence in their joyful explanation. How clear and penetrating his wisdom is! At that time, the doubts and remorse of the two bhikshus were wiped away, and they generated Anuttara Samyaksam Bodhicitta, also making this wish. May all sentient beings gain eloquence like this. For this reason, world-honored one, I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. Then the Buddha said to Rahula, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Rahula replied to the Buddha, saying, World-honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past... All the sons of the elders of Vaishali came to me, bowed their heads in reverence, and asked, Ah, Rahula, 
You are the Buddha's son, but you relinquished your position as a wheel-turning king and left the household life to follow the way. What are the benefits of this? I then explained the benefit of the merit of leaving the household life according to the Dharma. At that time, Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Rahula, you should not explain the benefits of the merit of leaving the household life. Why? Being without benefit, without merit, this is leaving the household life. The benefit and merit of conditioned things may be explained. The leaving of household life is something unconditioned, and within the unconditioned, there is no benefit or merit. Rahula, leaving household life, is without that and this, and also without any in-between. Free from the 62 erroneous views, it abides in nirvana. This is what the wise accept. This is the place of practice of the sages. Controlling all maras, transcending the five ways, purifying the five eyes, attaining the five powers, and establishing the five faculties. Not being distressed by that, free from the mass of evils, toppling all heterodox ways, and surpassing all conventional names, leaving the muck and the mire without any attachments, without self and without possession, without disturbance, carrying joy within, thoughts guarded, in accord with dhyana meditation, free from all transgression. If one can be like this, this is truly leaving home. Vimalakirti then said to all the sons of the elders, you would do well to leave home together in the correct dharma. Why? It is rare to encounter a Buddha in the world. The sons of the elders said, Sir, we have heard the Buddha say that one must not leave the household life without the permission of one's parents. Vimalakirti said, So it is. So you should immediately generate Anuttara Samyak Sambodhicitta, and this is leaving home. This is sufficient. At that moment, thirty-two sons of the elders generated Anuttara Samyak Sambodhicitta. And for this reason, world-honored one, I cannot bear to inquire about his illness. The Buddha then said to Ananda, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Ananda replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, I couldn't bear to visit him and inquire about his illness. Why? I remember once in the past, the world honored one had a little illness and could use some cow's milk. I took my begging bowl, went to the home of one of the great Brahmins, and stood by the gate. At that time, Vimalakirti approached and said to me, Ah, Ananda, what are you doing standing here so early in the morning with your begging bowl? I replied, Sir, the world-honored one has a little illness and could use some cow's milk. That is why I came here. Vimalakirti said, Stop, stop, Ananda, do not say this. 
The body of the thus come one has the essence of Vajra, cutting off all evil. It is a host of universal virtue gathered. How could there be illness? How could there be affliction? Go in silence, Ananda. Don't slander the Tathagata or let others hear this coarse speech. Don't let these heavenly beings of great majesty and virtue and these bodhisattvas who have come from pure lands of other regions hear such things said. Ananda, even a wheel-turning sage king with his few blessings, is still able to avoid illness. How much more so than the Tathagata in whom immeasurable blessings meet, the surpasser of all? Be silent, Ananda. Don't make us experience this shame. If Brahmins of the heterodox ways hear this, then they will think, Why is he called a teacher? He himself is ill and is unable to heal. How could he possibly heal the illnesses of others? Venerable, could you please secretly leave at once and do not let anyone hear? You should know, Ananda, the body of all Tathagatas is the Dharma body, not a sensible body of desire. The Buddha, as the world-honored one, transcends the triple realm. The body of the Buddha is without outflows, all outflows having already been extinguished. The body of the Buddha is unconditioned, not fitting into any category. A body like this? How could there be illness? How could there be affliction? At that time, world-honored one, I was truly ashamed and regretful that I may have mistakenly heard what the Buddha said, even though I was standing so close. Then, I heard a voice from the sky say, Ananda, it is as the scholar has said, but the Buddha has appeared in this evil world of the five impurities and at present is cultivating the Dharma so as to save and liberate sentient beings. Be silent, Ananda. Get the milk and do not feel ashamed. World Honored One, Vimalakirti commands such wisdom and eloquence as this. For this reason, I cannot bear to go inquire about his illness. And thus all five hundred of the chief disciples, one by one, described to the Buddha some earlier experience and the words that the Malakirti had spoken on that occasion, each declaring, I couldn't bear to go inquire about his illness.